was the worst week in politics that America has seen since I've been alive. And yeah. not only that, it was the worst week in the politics of conservatism and the Republican Party and the conservative movement that movement. Did I have a why in that? In the conservative movement that I've ever seen. And far worse than I think anyone possibly could have expected. Welcome to Carpooling. It's a show that will get you fired, maybe even fired from your entire country. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us. We're going to cut most of the riffraff out this week, guys. We've got a lot to talk about, and uh, we've honestly got too much to talk about. There is yeah. so much to discuss about what happened at the Capitol, and potentially even more than that, the fallout that is happening as a result of that. I mean, truly, we could talk forever. Hunter, any opening salvos? No, I think you said it 100% perfectly. Um, yeah, it's the most disappointing, ugly, nasty, in the world of politics week in my entire life. Um extremely upsetting, extremely disheartening, uh, gross, uh, in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think we'll break down all the ways it is that in the, the rest of this show. So I'll tell you personally, there's a part of me that's been dreading to record this episode and it goes something like this. I think we're going to piss everybody off. I don't think yeah. I, I, I could count on two hands the number of people who are going to listen to this episode and not be pissed. And you know what? So be it. So be it. Because it's times like this when you get to prove out whether or not you're dedicated to a set of beautiful ideals or if you're a partisan charlatan hack. And unfortunately, I look around the conservative movement and I see more people, not a lot of people, more people than I ever thought playing the part of charlatan hack. Mm -hmm. Now, let me be clear. That's not in the thought leadership. Truly, it's not. I don't see a lot of mainstream conservative voices doing anything but condemn what happened at the Capitol and hold Trump responsible for his rhetoric in response to that. And so I, I, I think that there are degrees and variations to how upset people will get. But you know what? Uh, there's a lot of, of blood on a lot of hands, and we're going to try and walk through that as procedurally and as honestly as possible because now is not the time to escape to your corner and say it was it's okay because it was my side yes yeah like ten thousand percent yes um this is you know this is why it's good to have principles and not play the political game um, because then when you are engaging in what appears to be what about is you can turn to your principles and go, no, nothing's changed. Right. I, right. I, I hate everybody just the same. <laughs> so, so I, I, I completely agree with you. Um, yeah, I think this is, this is definitely one of those shows where, um, 
if you like what Carl Pulling is about and you like our, our take on things, uh, then I imagine you're going to like this episode. Um, if you're looking for people who say rah, rah, go, go team R, uh, one, what are you doing here? And two, uh, you're not going to like this. Um, and, sorry. And go ahead. Let, let's not kid ourselves. This isn't going to be a show where we found any, you know, any new strange respect from the Democratic side of the aisle, too. Because let's no. be honest, everything that you're that. going to accuse Trump of, you have all have been doing, not not every Democrat, Democratic institutions has been doing for five, six, maybe seven years. And on top of that... It's there's no widespread condemnation like you find on the right, none at all. So yeah. don't don't suspect that we're here making a a plea to the quote unquote victorious side and changing our tune. Not at all. I've seen what makes you guys cheer. Do you think I actually want your praise? Mm-hmm. You get bent. Absolutely not. So that's that's the bottom line. This week sucks. And if you're listening to this show right now, there's like a 50% chance that you suck. And if you're not listening to this show right now, there's like a 90% chance you suck. And so, <laughs> Just like every and, week. Yeah. And so here we go. Yeah. Um, let's, talk, let's talk about the Capitol. So where did we find ourselves last Tuesday? So we, we recorded an episode the night before this all happened. And yep. We had been saying the same thing we've basically been saying since late November was that any substantial allegations of voter fraud should be should be examined thoroughly. That currently there are no allegations that have A, stood up in court, or B, tend to have the evidentiary backing required for me to change my opinion about the validity of the election. We were both basically on that, that yes, spectrum. That, there was this, this one lawsuit that was outstanding in Georgia, and it looks to me like it's just about uh, been, been seen through. It does appear to be, and I'm not positive on this point, we're still waiting on some facts, but it does seem that the falsifiable voter allegations where they actually had lists of names, et cetera. Uh, they derived that using some outdated information. Now that still mm. leaves some weird gaps in my brain. Like, well, if it was outdated, what did a ton of people move back or what exactly happened here? Uh, there's still some strangeness there that I can't quite wrap my mind around. I've been doing other things. So <laughs> it appears that there's no legitimate allegations of voter fraud. Um, Sufficient to, not, to overturn the election. That's not surprising either. And if you've been listening to us talk about it, we you can understand why we don't think that's surprising. So. Yeah. Let me say what I still think. I still think we made huge mistakes. Sure. I think that Pennsylvania made huge mistakes. I think that Georgia made huge mistakes. I think that Arizona made huge mistakes. And we should correct those for our future elections so that we don't find ourselves in a place where it's so easy to accuse the other side of cheating. I mean, you'll remember our episode last week. It was voter fraud all the way down on the Democratic side of the aisle until after the votes were counted. And then it was wrong right. to even suggest it. And by the way, we'll get back to that because that's certainly 
part of the issue here. Then what we've been saying, Trump is a has-been, effectively. He served his purpose, and he... I don't think it was wrong to vote for him. I voted for him myself. I don't think that he um, did a bunch. I, I think he did a bunch of unintelligent things with that. I think he governed as conservatively as anyone in the recent in recent memory in my lifetime, for sure. And I liked a bunch of his policies. Here's the most important element that I think we should get to. Everybody thought that Trump was going to walk out of the White House on the 20th of, um, was it, January 20th, to absolutely no fanfare, absolutely no violence, some, you know, angry political tweets, and that's about all. And the, the right, the mainstream conservatives truly did believe that. In fact, we'd been saying for months that when you lose, you will riot. And when we lose, we will say, crap, we lost. And that's right. truly what people thought. And why did they think that? Well, because there was no precedent for the upset right-wing riot. None. You can say that the Proud Boys showed up in Seattle or whatever, but that was after a hundred and something nights of, of Antifa and BLM burning the city to the ground. Right. We had huge precedent for left-wing riots and violence, and we had a huge media establishment and political establishment covering for those people, and there just was no analog for that on the right. Mm. Uh, There's still no analog for some of that on the right. So that's where we found ourselves last week. Enter the Stop the Steal rally in Washington. So down Pennsylvania Avenue, about uh, a little less than a mile away from the Capitol, Trump holds a rally. He starts talking at noon Eastern. He talks for about an hour and 10 minutes, and he says a bunch of stuff. Part of that stuff was fine. Some of that stuff was neutral. A lot of that stuff was bad. And we can go through specifically what each part was because the part that you're being told was bad isn't actually the bad part at all in fact the part that you're being told was bad almost doesn't exist now there's a horrible part in his converse his his comments don't get me wrong it's just not the one that's being reported because it's not as politically useful as the truth Mm. then that group marches down to the White House. Now, let's be clear about this. There were two improvised explosive devices that were found on the at the DNC and RNC headquarters earlier in the day. There was also clashes with police earlier in the day. There was actually already violence at the Capitol during Trump's speech. So there's a portion of all of this, this violence and nonsense that certainly wasn't a result of Trump's speech because Trump's speech was ongoing while that violence was happening. Mm. Then, then there was a bunch of violence that continued and was exacerbated when the crowd from Trump's rally showed up at the Capitol and you've all seen it. Um, Hunter, tell us a little bit about that while I check some notes. Yeah. 
Um, depending on what you've seen, you may have seen pictures from the east or west side of the Capitol. And very, very quickly, what you'll see is something that looks like not nearly enough police officers against a massive crowd of Trump sympathizers, Trump supporters, however you want to describe that group of people. And they uh, essentially ransacked the barricades that are in place. They uh, yell at the cops and attack them in a myriad of different ways, uh, sometimes with improvised weapons, sometimes using the barricades. Um, they climb into the Capitol itself, either by crawling literally over uh, the walls of the Capitol itself. Uh, some people even fell off of those. Uh, you, they climbed through scaffolding. Uh, they did all kinds of different styles, illegal, obviously, to get inside the Capitol, and then proceeded to um, ransack the Capitol building, uh, taking possession of different offices, looting, um, there's podium guy that we've all seen. There's the people who went into Nancy Pelosi's office and stole some stuff. Um, there's all kinds of horrible pictures that we've seen. We've seen the, uh, tragically the lady who was in the, uh, I think she was ex air force, uh, try to climb through what appears to be, uh, it was, a, it was a window into one of the chambers. Yes, and it must have been smashed out. And she is trying to jump through it, and then all of a sudden recoils uh, from being shot. Uh, she is she died from that wound. Um, yeah, Secret Service shot her. Right, exactly. Um, or it was Capitol this, Police, but I think that was Secret Service. Right. It's a surreal day. Um, it's quite one thing to see uh, the Confederate flag in the u.s capitol um it, it, it's it, you know the south will rise again in its most fever pitch dream right it it's gross it's disgusting it it's as closest to a declaration of civil war as you can get as a as a united states citizen uh you know without having actually any real power to make something like that happen um i think there's a lot of really interesting things about that group and what we're seeing come out of that, um, which are probably not the conversation we want to have at the moment. Um, but in short, that's what we all saw from those videos. You saw, of course, uh, cops doing heroic things. You saw tear gas, you saw mace, you saw cops intentionally leading people away from, uh, places where senators or Congress people could have, could have been located and like leading them down, uh, hallways, uh, directing them with even antagonizing them at times to do that uh, since they mm -hmm. didn't have the, the force they need. Um, it's surreal. You have people looking for Mike Pence, uh, wanting to string him up and... Uh, yeah, uh, they constructed some some kind of like joke art project gallows outside. I don't mean joke as in they were necessarily joking. I mean that they were a joke. Yeah. And, and apparently they some people were looking to hurt Mike Pence outside the Capitol. You had, um, you had some rioters busting up the, the recording and film equipment of journalists that were on the scene. Mm -hmm. A lot of journalists were truly forced to retreat. Uh, you saw all kinds of different chicanery and, uh, 
uh, a bunch of horrible things. There was some there was some alt right people there. Um, there was also some alt right people there who didn't go inside the Capitol. You actually had some alt right people there who were um, screaming at people. That did you know, Hunter? Alex Jones was there, telling and he people was not to go shouting, in, shouting, uh, shouting at people. Stop, yeah. stop, don't go inside. What are you doing? Don't be right. violent. And like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> like that, when that's Alex, incredible. When Alex Jones is the voice of reason, your movement has made a mistake, right? Yeah. So well, and and Nick Fuentes was there, who's like the head of this like soy this right soy boy groiper. Um right like America party. I can't remember what he calls it. I, I mm. honestly don't care. There's never been a more irrelevant name in politics, mm. but, but he is there and he also, it appears didn't go inside the Capitol. Um, there was some people who were saying there's this is a picture of him inside the Capitol. And he commented, that wasn't me. Apparently even he didn't go in. Wow. Um, so when we're talking about what group was actually committing violence, they were, Truly crazy. I mean, sure, they were right-wing extremists. Let's not make any bones about that. But they were a very, very small minority. Even the extremists with media platforms didn't back what was happening with these specific extremists. So we're talking about a very small sect of even the people that were extreme enough to show up that actually went inside. You know, this the, the rally had thousands and thousands i'm not sure on the exact count but but deep into the five if not six digits uh of people showed up to hear trump's speech and then marched down pennsylvania avenue and stood outside the capitol building and and protested which again just like let's have a consistent standard just like blm just like antifa although those groups have worn their welcome, as has this Capitol rioting group. Uh, if you are going to stand somewhere and be peaceful and protest, I'm allowed to think that you're an idiot. I'm allowed to think that you're protesting for no good reason, but I support your ability to protest. And truly, the, the majority of the people that were there that day did not engage in violence. Okay? Leave that where it is estimates anywhere from like 500 to 2000 people did commit violence did enter the capital and proceeded to ransack the place so we're talking about a subset of a wild subset and that's important to remember it is important to remember now let's be totally clear about this with more consistent standards don't show up at another one of these we lost the right. movement we lost control of it. Do not do this again. Just like I would tell a BLM activist who says, well, I'm just going to go to the rally. I'm not going to commit any violence. Fine. You should go to a different rally. You should yeah. go protest in a different way. You've yep. lost control. You've lost the thread. These, these people, they've poisoned the well. You didn't defend your movement from ideological uh, sycophants and leeches who clung onto the side of it and made it into something that it wasn't, now it's time to distance yourself. We certainly do here at Carlpooling. Don't, don't show up at another one of these things. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Don't yeah. go. Yeah. This is, this is why I always made the point where it's don't, I, I think it's, I think it's becoming more and more obvious. It's, it, it's not exactly a moral thing. 
I would say it's amoral to riot in a large city or excuse me, protest in a large city, just given the temperature of where we're at and the way that provides cover for the extremely uh, unstable members of your group. Um, Mm -hmm. If you have something to protest about, there is someone who is probably passionate enough about it that would bring the film equipment necessary to get you online. Right. And if it's, can you, I mean, like if you've had 50,000 people show up to a field out in the middle of wherever Georgia, right? Like Jasper or something like that, right? Like, it doesn't matter. That's quite a feat, you know? If a helicopter going over that and filming 50,000 people in a field, I mean, that that will get a national media attention, right? Well, so, Hunter, you forget that AOC mentioned that protests are supposed to make you uncomfortable. Hey, um, that many people in a field makes me very uncomfortable. So. How, 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 uh... Those those tweets aged like milk. Maybe we'll get into it. Yeah. Um, anyhow, you're right. There's there's other ways. Contact your representatives. You know, mm-hmm. St- start a petition. There are ways to do this that don't have the ability to be used usurpatiously like this. Now that doesn't mean that it's wrong to go do it. No. Absolutely, you're allowed to go do it. I will say that you got to be pretty careful. I mean, and usually yeah. the right is like when they had the big the big. Uh, rally in the one of the virginias and there's you know everybody's armed everybody is uh really right. armed to the teeth i remember remember beretta guy who was walking around with a 50 bmg he i don't remember that okay he uh he was there and everyone's like well look at all these weapons why do they have these weapons what are they doing and by all reports they left the place better than they found it picked up all their trash right stayed off the streets stayed on the sidewalk had the proper permits did the right thing right that's what we're used to when we see a conservative protest um there's very few targets being raided that was not this no and i think i think that's quite an interesting point um one of the things that's been very interesting about this right-wing protest is the lack of weaponry, right? Despite yeah. what you've been hearing in the media um, about this being an armed protest, right? Um, you might have seen that comment come up a time or two. One thing that's been, I would say, a common trait of the Antifa, Black Lives Matter, that block of rioting, we'll just call it far left rioting, right? Or um, is that yeah. people have been armed, but they've typically been armed with skateboards or homemade shields and other, which you could consider non life threatening weapons, right? Things of that nature. That's not the best descriptor. Let's say, let's say improvised lethal weapons, like yeah, a brick. I, it's a yeah. brick isn't a weapon, but it is a, it is lethal. Sure, sure. Uh, when compared to a gun, it's not nearly quite as lethal. But I understand it's what not, you're saying. It's improvised. It's not made to be lethal necessarily. Yep. It's still yep. lethal. Yep. So, and one of the things I learned from listening to a little bit from, I believe his name is Jamie Lee Quinn, who is actually an independent guy in these riots, was the fact that he was talking with paramilitary people in the crowd. And one th- we'll, we need to discuss the crowd because I think it's just an interesting point. It's just the vast, and this is similar to the Antifa Black Lives Matter, is the riots are more of a conglomerate than a single idea. 
It's a lot of people in these things with a lot of different ideas of why they're there. And that's one thing that's important to remember. Um, But there is a, there was a paramilitary group on here. And one of the guys he talked to said, I've watched countless hours of Antifa rioting online, right? I have Mm -hmm. studied them. I have learned how they operate. And that's why we're here today without guns, essentially, is his dialogue. Is because Hmm. they've adopted the tactic of, you know, if you show up armed, the cops will do things. You know, there's a whole different way that you're treated. There's a whole different way that you're seen. But if you show up with a chair leg, right, Mm -hmm. or a a table leg, you know, there's a whole different, like... Or a can of soup. (laughs) Right. There's a whole different permissions that are granted right you can storm the capital because you're not making an armed assault on the capital armed air Mm -hmm. quotes right so uh, that that statement itself is very um terrifying to me Um, well also let's just talk about this from a from a rational perspective as whether or not that's a good tactical idea do you uh think it's good to be against antifa and then run plays from their book no, it's like a how very stupid, stupid idea. is that? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. it's completely insane. Yeah, Hunter, this did look like an Antifa protest. In fact, let's just settle a couple of rumors right here. A lot of people on the right who are having <laughs> a hard time accepting that this was this happened a right wing extremist protest are saying that this was Antifa infiltrators. Okay, Andy No, who knows more about Antifa than like antifa at this point he's been following them very closely for a very long time um getting into the some of their encrypted channels in fact i don't think there's anyone on planet earth that antifa has more animosity for than andy no and yes i'm including trump but i i think that that he is somewhat of an expert somewhat of an authority on them to say the least he has been very clear, no, this was not Antifa. Now, at the same time, he did mention that he saw one or two Antifa members who had been arrested in previous entanglements in other cities in the capital. So some opportunist opportunized. But right. no, he has said that this was a right-wing movement. These were Trump supporters, by and large, not Antifa, right. not Black Lives Matter. So just go ahead and get rid of that rumor unless you, uh, you know, found some really cool evidence on your Google search. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, let's, let's take one step back because there's so many different ways to dive in. And maybe this is going to seem disconnected. There's a lot of important things to say about this topic. It's important to call a spade a spade. Why is this happening? Why did it happen on Wednesday? The context that we find ourselves in with this event was uh representative folly am i saying his name correctly um uh, and senator holly, holly is probably holly and okay. senator halley h-a-w-l-e-y i think is how it's spelled yeah. anyhow he and and cruz ted cruz yep. Yep, decided yep. that they are going to contest the election results okay this is a separate idea than the idea that Trump has been pushing where Pence could reject the electors. So let's right. be clear about that too. So Howley, Cruz say we're going to we're going to challenge some election results. PS, this has happened a lot. This happened in 2016. Effectively, 
if a con a member of Congress and a member of the Senate team up and say we want to contest election results from any given any given state, they can do that at the time that the votes are being counted, uh, the electoral votes, and then that triggers a discussion in both the House and the Senate. If though, if both bodies agree that the votes should the votes are in dispute then you throw out the result and continue counting without them so if effectively it's a method by which the legislature can disenfranchise voters and there's a there's a legitimate reason that that exists i mean if truly there was some late breaking evidence of effectively the voters had been disenfranchised anyway through some sort of fraud, then it would be totally mm -hmm. reasonable for them to say we should not count this swatch of electors. That being said, Ted Cruz and Howley had some cover because they knew that this was never going to pass in the House. So right. they were, they were like Hunter mentioned on the show last week, and I agree with, still agree with, they were politicking. Does that mean it's a good or a bad tactic? Uh, I don't think it was a good tactic. Not really for me to say, though. I don't think it was necessarily a bad tactic, but um, if I can but, just add one thing to that, I think even Mitch McConnell's comments on being so anti that stance before the rioting and before the enduring essentially Ted Cruz's after Ted Cruz's statements about contesting the election to me, that also translates as extremely high level politicking which is, all right, the yeah. Senate leader and me are going to collude, and now we're going to have both messages on the table that both stand for the Republican Party. So yeah. you can always count on the Senate to be this place of good, high morals, well-acting, blah, 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 blah. Because Mitch McConnell wasn't even, didn't even say uh, Joe Biden won, I think, till sometime in December. So, like, yeah. yeah, right. And then that gives Ted Cruz, when he goes and runs for president in 2024, to say, well, I supported Trump, even even through all the voter fraud. You know what I mean? It's right. like, yeah, that's fantastic. It's the most cynical politics you can think of, and I think that's exactly what happened before your eyes. And and if you are looking to politics and expecting better than that, you're <laughs> not the saint, you're the idiot. I mean, yeah. honestly, you are. Yeah. You can pretend like this is a place to bring your uh, your staunch moral code. And look, I'm not saying to be immoral. I'm saying that if you think that you can be effective in politics without playing the political game, you are wrong. You're wrong. And so here, here's my consistent stance on this. I've said this a bunch this year and last year, uh, since this year is only like three days long. If you don't like the rules, if you think the rules there are immoral, change the rules. Don't blame people by playing by the rules. We yes. all agreed to play by these rules, and so we should play by the rules. And if some people are going to be playing by one set of rules, and other people are going to be playing by another set of rules, well, then we're really not playing a game. Mm. We're really mm -hmm. just walking directly past each other. So change the rules. That's mm. a reasonable stance to take. Expecting mm -hmm. Ted Cruz not to play politics is not a reasonable stance to take. And that's is that great no is that utopia is that the best system we could possibly envision maybe here on earth where people are bad but no certainly you could theorize about a better system where everybody acts with total honesty and morality uh however there's nothing honest about there's nothing dishonest rather about setting the rules than playing by the rules that's not dishonest so 
I think that there's some nuance to be had there as well. So Ted Cruz, Howley are doing this thing. Is it smart? Probably not. Is it tactical? Remains to be seen. And then in, on top of that, Trump's message is something entirely different from the Lim Woods of the world, I guess. I don't know where he gets this stuff. But he had this assumption that Pence could just choose not to open electoral votes from states that didn't report the way that he would have wanted. Right. That's uh if you believe that. It's a hot take. There's a bridge in Brooklyn with your name on it, Home Slice. If you like, believe that, I know a guy named Q who's fighting uh against <laughs> the globalists. <laughs> even and even need- Alex Jones is out there like, "No, don't buy the bridge. What are you don't buy it. It's there's not one. Don't buy there's, it." Exactly right. <laughs> um so anyway, there's there's a I don't know. That conspiracy theory started bouncing around. It's not true. It never happened. And Pence doesn't have that kind of authority. And by the way, it doesn't take too long doing a couple simulations in your head to realize that that's a completely untenable, irrational rule right. to have. And um, even, you can have. Sorry. Even if it was in the Constitution, even if it was verbatim that. It's so obviously against the founding fathers' ideas of what the Constitution was supposed to do that we would be in our best interest to remove it as quickly as possible if yeah, we believed it, in conservatism. If if you had a true textualist court, even if that was written in it, even a textualist yeah. court, that would have to be such a bastardization of the spirit of the Constitution that it would right. a- almost certainly get struck down, right. even from a textualist Supreme Court. So. That is what it is. Okay. So, and that, that rhetoric that, that Pence can just stop this thing if he's bold enough, if he's brave enough, is a lot of what Trump is saying <laughs> in his speech up yeah. on up Pennsylvania Avenue. So that's all going down. Um, and then a riot breaks out. So a bunch of different moving pieces there, a bunch of different contexts. We've talked a little bit about what was happening that day, what Trump did that day, what happened in the crowd that day, who the crowd was that day. And the net net is this. Uh, The Capitol building got ransacked. Things got stolen. Things got broken. Five people died. Um, It's sad that anybody died. Mm. And some of them are not going to keep me up at night. The one that is going to keep me up at night is a police officer was beaten mm. savagely by the uh, by the mob mm. and seemed to be in fine shape and later that night died of his wounds. It, it mm. could have been the next morning, to be clear. That's the one that will keep me up at night. So uh, to anybody who took part in that set of behavior, go screw yourself. Mm. And... The only reason it's go screw yourself is because my mother listens to this show. Per, yeah, I think that's pieces the, of trash. Yeah, that the that is absolutely the... disgusting. No, don't even give him the award. Oh, okay. The award has got to remain at least a little fun. We've got to keep one thing sacred, Hunter. Sorry, excuse me. Yeah, long nap in a dark box award. Mm. The the or not even a box. That kind of behavior is detestable. And you know what? Here's some more consistency for you. I hate it when Antifa do- does it, and they've been doing it all year. Mm-hmm. And I hate it when 
Trump supporters do it too. In fact, personally, I hate it more. Personally, yeah. I hate it more. I understand um, that feeling. Because I, I, I want to live in a world where I think I can expect better of people to not act like brainless, mindless zombies and victims. But that's what you proved yourself to be at the Capitol. So that's the one that's going to keep me up late at night. There's four others. One of them, uh, you know what, got shot trying to break into the Capitol building. Is it sad? Was she a pretty girl? Was it sad that I, you know, it's sad that somebody died. You want to play stupid games, win stupid prizes. I don't know. I'm not going to lose a bunch of sleep over it. I am shocked looking at that video that she was the only person that was shot in that moment. I, I, I'm shocked. I'm shocked out of all all of the events that happened that there wasn't the the fact that the Secret Service and police did not turn that into a bloodbath at certain moments is just a testament to training and courage. You How know? good their policing really is. That's right, great policing. Exactly. Yeah, that shot, exactly. That shot in the neck, great policing. That's my take. Sure. Um and I'm sorry that it had to happen at it's all. Tragic. But it wouldn't have had it's, to happen at all if your ass was outside where it should have been. It's it's utterly tragic that she was shot and killed. But as far as defending a government institution, like, I mean, it doesn't get any more basic than that. Sometimes you have to shoot the people that are jumping through the doors, you know, like, right. it's anyway. And, and there were then. OK, so other than that, there were three other people that died. And I'll just be totally honest with you. It seems that. One of them might have died from a fall from a, a parapet. Uh, mm. That's not confirmed. Somebody was definitely injured there. I'm not sure if they ended up dying. I have heard that all three of them died of cardiac arrest events while they were there. So mm. truly, I don't know if that happened while they were protesting or if they were engaged in any illegal activity. If somebody was truly peacefully protesting and they died of uh, cardiac arrest, of course, that's a tragedy, and I feel sorry for them. If that happened to them while they were in the process of inciting violence inside the Capitol building, bye. See ya. Yep. Have a good one. Yeah. Have a nice trip. Don't care. Um. So, that's that. I think, and the the results of the day were were tragic. Let's just be honest. Um about some takeaways here and, and and let's start talking about who's responsible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Republican party. Mm, let's not say it that way. Conservatism as a movement and its connection to the Republican party has a dark side. Absolutely. The right can go too far and that's not shocking to anyone. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's shocking to hear me say it but it should it be it shouldn't be in fact we've said it before mm-hmm. the right can certainly go too far and when you watch that happen in real time like we did on wednesday and you say nothing you're a coward mm-hmm. the, one of the earmarks of intellectual depravity and weakness is to to find yourself unable to say true things about the deficiencies of people that you typically agree with because it causes too much mental consternation for you to cause balls and strikes. Mm. Be a hero. Be intelligent. Be the voice that is willing to say the unpopular thing despite what it costs you. And, and on Wednesday, the unpopular thing was that the right went way too far. Mm. 
regardless of what the left did, there's no whataboutism here. It's just based on the principles, the right went way too far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you this. If you find that hard to swallow for whatever reason, or I'll even say this, if you know that to be true, but you still don't find it possible to discuss, the answer for that is you never created within yourself a spirit that could look at your most precious ideologies and accept that they would be wrong sometimes. And essentially you have not trained yourself for this moment. You have not prepared yourself for this moment. And it's a failure of character to do so and learn from it. If it caught you Mm -hmm. off guard, grow from it and do better in the future. Um, if you find yourself looking at what the right did and you're like, that's not the party I agree with. That's not the party I live for. That's not the group of people I want to be identified with. That's fine. Make sure you never were identified with any of that. Make sure you are identified with the principles. Make sure you are identified with the vision. Make sure you are identified with the with what you with the morality of some of those decisions, right? That had nothing to do with the people, had nothing ever to do with Trump. And if you ever kidded yourself and thought that it did, that was a mistake. Um, and look, it's a mistake that's easy to make. It is yes, because it yes. feels good, it, it, especially when you know that you're right. It feels good to have other people come by and say, of course you're right. And that's mm-hmm. what a political movement is. If you strip it down using a particular... Uh, a particular chemical it turns into other people saying yes you were right about that mm-hmm. or you are right about that mm-hmm. and that's what that's what partisanship has the ability to devolve into here's the point it, I, I hunter i'm not i don't think i'm putting words in your mouth when you say that it was wrong to vote for trump or it was wrong to support trump in fact Truly, right now, if I knew that Wednesday was going to happen with the percent allocation of blame that I give to Donald Trump for that, I'm not sure what I would have voted for. I truly yeah. don't know. Luckily, yeah. it's a question that I don't have to find the answer to because it, I don't need to right now. Maybe I will eventually. But I don't know. Because on the other side of the aisle, you've got a bunch of blame as well. And it's yes. a more insidious version. And I don't know what would have been better. Now, if you tell me I could prevent violence with a vote, that's a different question. That's a different yes. question. The question that I'm trying to answer is, what do I think the probabilities of violence would have would have been? It's a minimization question. Okay, mm. so so that is what it is. But do not it, it, that that love that camaraderie that fraternity of someone coming by and scratching your Neanderthal brain and saying. You're right about that. It feels right. good. It makes sense. I get why people like it when that happens. I like mm. it when that happens. Here's the mm. thing. You have to be more careful than that. You have mm. to stand on something other than the way that things feel. You have to stand on the truth and on ideas that will never bend, that can't break. And you know that because you've tried your damnedest to break them and they succeed. That's what you have to stand on. Not just the the camaraderie that exists in a crowd when mm. someone comes by and pats you on the back and says, hey, patriot, screw that. It's not worth it. Fall mm. in love with the ideas. Fall in love with the ideas and the potential that you could instantiate if you accepted them and lived them completely. 
That's what you have to be attracted to. Not this partisan bullshit that you see drowning not only our country, but also the movement that you pretend to love. Hmm. Well said, man. Very well said. I, yeah, I think there's, there's not much more to say on that than what you just did. Well done. I think, I, yeah, I think this is a quite a depressing day in a myriad of ways. And I think, I think it shows us one of the darker facts where we, where we're at. And I think that's really sobering. Mm -hmm. Um, For sure. I think, and I think the path out of it is it has to be involved with more people saying what you just said and living that out. Um, I don't, and I think that's in a lot of ways, not to pat ourselves too much on the back here, um, but, but it's fun, (laughs) but it's fun. You know, I think all of the show definitely deals a good bit with the politics side of that. I don't think either of us, believe that's where the salvation is you know no, there's a fight there there's a there's a there's a fight there there's a argument to be had there you know there's tax rates to argue to work for but i think i think the problem that we've always seen is the moral hole the moral foundation it has to get set in stone better um and to put it in like the most simplest terms is like postmodernism is the enemy of this podcast yeah right? And we don't believe in that. And if you listen because to because it's anything, the enemy of your soul, right? And if you listen to Truly. anything we said beyond you know that, we have a pretty f- fantastic idea that Jesus is the answer to that moral problem, right? And yeah. so we do. We you know go listen to some of our other stuff on God if you haven't heard any of those shows. But um, yeah, it exists here in the the show exists here in the political sphere. But me and Chris, nor should you ever think that's where the solution to these problems exist. Yeah. They don't. Look, look, the the battle takes place in the culture and politics is a scoreboard. And that doesn't mean that you can f- absolve yourself from being a political animal because sure. you have to be engaged in that space. But it truly is the scoreboard. Hearts and minds are not one at the debate stage. They're one through the culture. And then that's reflected in the polling and that's reflected in right. our elections, etc. cetera, uh, ad nauseum. Okay. It's one of the reasons you get so stressed out when an election happens is you're like, how many people agree with me? Right. Well, it's, it's, you know, can I look around this country and still see what I thought I thought I knew? Yes. And, and how, how lost am I really? That's yes. a question that we're answering when we, when we vote. Um, and right now it's effectively right down the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, very strange times. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's. Let me say one more thing about results and takeaways, and then let's talk about blame, and then let's talk about uh, what happens next. Okay. One more result. The right is apparently far more fractionated than the left. Yes, that's fair. And that's not a good thing. By the way, I'm not congratulating the left when I say that. Because, let me just put it really bluntly. The Capitol was not the first act of insurrection that we watched in the past 365 days. Not even close, actually. And although it might be the one that's getting the most media attention, it isn't even the worst. 
mm-hmm. it's not even the most violent. It's mm-hmm. not even the most deadly. You, it, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone took place where rioters and looters and drug addicts and charlatans and losers decided to take over six square blocks of Seattle's downtown area. And they declared that it was an autonomous zone. As in free from the jurisdiction of the state of Washington and the United States of America. Okay, is that an act of insurrection? Yes. Like, literally, that's the definition of an insurrection. Mm. They armed themselves. They set up perimeters. They set up a police force. They set up a garden, kind of. And it was all really funny to watch these kids LARP. But the truth of the matter is that a lot of people died there. And mm-hmm. a lot of people died there as a result of the, their own violent tendencies. And then a lot of people died there because they refused to let emergency medical services do their job. Um, and you know what? Who criticized them from the left? I'm waiting. If you've seen it, great. I haven't. What major left-wing politician criticized Chaz? When they tried the same thing in Kenosha, Kamala Harris didn't just support them verbally. She supported them materially by raising money for them and bailing them out of jail. So, sorry if I find your pearl-clutching a little obscene, pretending like this is the first time you've ever seen any insurrection in America. And pardon me for not being quite so sanguine about your side of the aisle when everybody on mine, everybody came out and said that this was nonsense and had to be stopped. And your side's bailing them out of jail. Hmm. How pissed off would you be right now if... Donald Trump pardoned Buffalo guy. Right. You'd be furious. And guess what? I'd agree with you. Trump's not going to do that. He's the one that actually called the National Guard, by the way, and said that we're going to prosecute them to the full extent of the law. Good. That was a good thing to do. Balls and strikes, baby. That was a good thing to do. But the opposite of that, literally standing between that individual and violent individuals and the judicial system was Kamala Harris. So how pissed would you be? Well, how mm-hmm. pissed am I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but that being said, the right surely is fractionated because we've got this, we've got this sect that we didn't know existed on Tuesday that all the thought leaders hate. And now what do we, what, what do we do with them? How do we get rid of them as fast as possible? How do we, how do we stop from tut tutting these morons, these people that, that want to, to throw the whole system out and write something new on, on the right? How do we get rid of them as fast as possible? How do we do what the left refuses to do? That's what I'm curious about. We are divided right now. And that means when you're divided, you fall. 
I think that that means that we've got a long, dark path ahead of us. But you know what? Better that. Better that than supporting these numbnuts. Better that than tut-tutting this nonsense. Better that than being a Kamala Harris. Yeah. And a Joe Biden. Better that. 100% right. So let's talk responsibility. I think there's a very easy way to do this. And let's see if it works for you. Um, uh, This is the same standard, I think, that we would have used during uh, the Bernie Sanders supporter shooting Steve Scalise. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, One that I think Ben Shapiro did a good job talking on his show, which is essentially that you are not responsible for violence unless you explicitly call for violence or perform said acts of violence. Um, You are responsible for turning up the heat on the boiling water to create an atmosphere of violence, Mm -hmm. right? I think that might be the best way to say it. Yeah, so I I coined this, I don't know, years ago when I was getting in stupid fights in college about, you know, things that college kids are interested in. And Tamagotchis? uh, well, the victim blaming was a big word back when I was in college, mm-hmm. if you remember. I'm literally glossing completely over your pocket monster comment. I, I that's understand. Pokemon. Never mind. Um, <laughs> and what I said was that, you know, um, I, I know how to stop you from being date raped. I do. I know the secret. Do you know what it is? Don't leave home. If you don't leave home, you won't get date raped. Now, something someone might break in. That wouldn't be date rape. Um, right. But if you don't leave, it's not going to happen to you. I right. said, hold on. I'll give you even more. I'll give you even more gravity here, or more more leash. If you don't get drunk, or don't drink, at a frat party, or out at a bar. You like ninety nine percent chance you won't get date raped, right? Like mm-hmm. because then you'll that just maybe you'll get raped, but you won't get date raped. So like here's the thing: I know how to not get date raped. Therefore, how can you say that you're blameless if you do get date raped? If you know how to not get date raped, and you do. Yeah, you hold a little bit of responsibility. And the the finisher idea is this. You are 0% responsible for the fact that you got raped. You're 100% responsible for being vulnerable. 100%. The offending individual is 100% responsible for the heinous act. And you're 100% responsible of putting yourself in a situation that was dangerous. You can think of it in a sense that you're responsible for you're responsible for knowing your limitations, right? And you're responsible right. for like cuz like you don't go stand in front of cars, right? Because Right. Now, did you hit yourself with the car? No, silly. You didn't do that, right? Um it, it's 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 essentially that. Um, well, and, every time you he- get behind the wheel and drive, every time you jaywalk, every time you just walk, every time you stand outside and your heart pumps blood, you're you're rolling the dice with your uh, cardiovascular system. You don't have a right. choice over that, but you 
are the only person in the world that probably cares enough to actually take care of it to some extent. So yeah, you should be... no one else is going to come look behind you as an adult. And right. and look, I, I've heard all the shallow moralizing rebuttals to that, which is, you know, that's victim blaming or in a perfect world, then nowhere would be dangerous. Yes, duh. <laughs> when you find it, let me know. Give me a call because I'll come hang out with you there. Right. Um, which is probably in an asylum if you think that you're ever going to find it. Regardless, that's just the re- that's that's marrying the realities of the world with sin, with with yeah. wrongdoing, with illegality. Right. That's the solution. And by the that's way, it's not a really, being naive. It, it's a really good. Yeah, it's not being naive. It's a really good solution too because it helps you improve what you can improve without taking any responsibility for that which you cannot be responsible for. And so. Right. It's out, uh, for for getting better for recovering. It's a really good stance to adopt. Um, yeah. That I could yeah. have been better, and I'm zero percent responsible for that act. Um, right. It's a it's a really healthy way to to internalize that. Regardless, Cause it, okay, because it tells you that you're not responsible for the bad thing, and it gives you a pathway to not let it happen again. Right. Exactly. It's there the best go. of both worlds. Yep. So that and that scenario applies here. Definitely. Trump, let's just be let's just go through the facts. He did not call for any violence. He did not. You can read the whole transcript of his speech. It's up. He did not call for any violence. In fact, quite the opposite. He called for peace. He asked for peace and patriotism. And when things turned violent, he called the National Guard and he decided to prosecute these people. So the idea that what happened at the Capitol is A what Trump wanted or B, what he explicitly asked for, is not true. It's just there's no evidence to support that that's what he wanted. What is he responsible for? And he's extremely responsible for this, 100% culpable for this. He peddled conspiracy theories for months Mm -hmm. that enraged his base. Mm -hmm. And... He did it to enrage them. Honestly, I I personally think that he's stupid enough to have just heard them and hoped they were true without verifying. Because I truly don't believe that he wanted what happened at the Capitol to happen. And I think it's actually really obvious that he didn't want that to happen because he called the National Guard when it started happening so that it would stop happening. So people have been saying that you know, he was push-pulling or direction by indirection. I, I don't see that being the case because he tried to stop it. And even recently as today, took some responsibility for it, which was good. Um, So I don't see that being the case. I think he's dumb. I think he heard, listened to people like Lim Wood say dumb stuff and then repeated dumb stuff to his base. Right. And by the way, he's just as responsible. That does, that's not minimizing his responsibility in any way. You're responsible for repeating lies, even if you think that they're true. Yeah, I think the I think the the dumbest thing Trump did is when all of your legal avenues were exhausted, and you still went to your base and said, "We are going to fight this thing. We are never going to let it go. We are going to win." There's no doubt about it. We're going to go down to the Capitol and we are going to set this right. Essentially what, and I'm paraphrasing some of his language Mm -hmm. there. Um, What do you expect? 
you know, it, yeah. it, it becomes that sort of question. It's like, if people no longer have a legal recourse and you're still telling them that there's hope and that there's a path out of this, you don't have a whole lot of options left on the table anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and some people are going to hear that message loud and clear, right? They're going to go, finally, it's, it's time to storm the Capitol. I've been waiting for this. I've got my gas mask and I've got my cherry leg. I've been watching Antifa. It's time to let me loose. I know the plays, right? And so as a leader, you have to know that there are people that will listen to that and hear that, you know? And that's that's extremely upsetting. It's one of the things why I think we've always made a point, you know, this is why, <laughs> this is another reason why your words matter. This is another reason why electing Trump was a mistake because he loses these battles, right? It's so satisfying when he says something nice or when he says something we've all been thinking about somebody in the media and he just crushes them and we go, yes, we've been waiting for that for years. Finally, somebody can say that. But every once in a while, it it goes too far. And mm-hmm. obviously... to extremely irresponsible degrees, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this this event at the Capitol absolutely proves that out. Um, not not so, to pick apart your statement, Hunter, but I will say I don't think that... I, I don't think electing Trump was necessarily a mistake. I don't think that... I think, I think let me say that better. I think nominating Trump to, be a, to the uh, Republican yep. Party in 2016 was a mistake. That's I, what I think... I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. It was yeah. a tactical mistake. Once yes. he's once he's running against Hillary, then it's like, well, I don't know. And you yeah. know what? Maybe the calculus maybe changes. I, then I, I could have been wrong. Maybe Cruz couldn't have been couldn't have beat Hillary. So in that case, I'm back at this really ambiguous area. Uh, uh, let me put it this way: the reason a lot of people back in 2016 didn't vote for Trump, I being one of them, was fear of something like this. This is the nightmare realized. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, yeah. the 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 worry was that he would do so much damage to the conservative movement um, that it wouldn't it would be better off just to let Hillary win. And I don't know that that what happened at the Capitol was that necessarily. Only time will tell. I'm not saying that it isn't either. I'm just saying I need to wait and see. I don't know. We got so close. We got so close to getting the greatness of Trump's policy. And the galvanizing factor that he helped other politicians push back when they should push back instead of rolling over. And Mm -hmm. we almost escaped generally unscathed. And this was the nightmare. This is, this was the fear at the back of all of our heads and it realized itself. And he is responsible for allowing his base to believe in wild conspiracies so that they thought that they had leverage on Mike Pence. Like, it's just that simple. He said it at the Capitol. He said, they, you know, Mike Pence just has to be brave. Mike Pence just has to do the right thing. So let's go down there and and help him do the right thing. Well, a lot of people took that exactly how Trump said it, and they walked down there, and they chanted and cheered and marched and shouted and protest. And then some people broke into the Capitol. And you turned up the temperature. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, I think, you know, one of the things I think that is so crazy about what you just said 
um, is two Democratic senators just got elected in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And it's not even a thing that's being discussed right now. But I also see that as a significant... Um, I, I see that that happening for the same reason what's happening, what happened in the Capitol. I think they're 100% related. I think the data there shows out in that election, the reason that the Republican senators lost is because this new galvanizing force that Trump had found, uh, this new demographic for the Republican Party, which is rural uh, rural folk to some extent, um, t- were turning out in droves for the Republican Party. Um, and that was unusual. That was typically that blue-collar worker you saw going to the Democrats for years and years and years and years, right? Yep. Well, it seems that the most unlikely, or I shouldn't even say it seems, the data shows that the most unlikely person to show up and vote at the Senate Senate election in Georgia was specifically that voter, right? That it, Trump it, it, voter. By the same token, it appears that they did that, that they didn't show up because of Trump's lies. Right, exactly. Which is, there's two ways to read that. One is because they believed he was going to actually win the presidency, and they didn't think there was any need to really show up, and so why go? Or two, that, you know, the election was rigged, so why vote? Right? And so both of those things had purchase, and they convinced that demographic not to show up. I think it's the same... It's impossible to tell if that's the same group of people, but I feel like that same... Block is who showed up to the to the Capitol, right? Yeah. And I would just call it the fringe to some extent. Um, I don't know if that's right. I don't know if that's wrong. But I think anyone that would believe that the election was fraudulent at this point is what I would consider fringe, right? Yeah. I think that's a I think that's a conspiracy theory at this point. I'll say I'll say two more things about that because then I think we should move on to some other places to cast blame. Sure. Um, one. If you didn't like Trump, if you're a never Trumper, this doesn't mean you were right. You didn't predict <laughs> this. You didn't see this coming. No matter how many times you say you did, you were guessing just like everyone was guessing. Okay? So this does not make you a moral paragon or a wizened virtuoso because you timed the market this time. It doesn't make you right. That's just that simple. All right. Second, if you voted for Trump, this doesn't make you immoral. If you supported yes. Trump, this doesn't make you immoral. Like the, By the same token, we all tried to time the market. And some of us won, some of us lost. That doesn't mean you're any worse than somebody that timed it better. Learn what you can, but this is not, this is not a time to throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's not a time to abandon principles because somebody that said, I support those principles turned out not to support them so well. Um, and we knew that too. We knew, we knew that, you know, Trump's not a conservative guy. He's a conservative politician. Mm -hmm. Uh, conservative guys don't cheat on their wife. Conservative guys don't get, in you know six-figure entanglement blackmail running guns with porn stars, um, not saying that they can't. Just saying that he's not a family values, you know, beer and the Bible conservative. He's not. So, anyhow, let's. I I think we've said what needs to be said there. Trump's responsible for peddling conspiracy theories. It cost it cost us the Senate. 
by all relevant data, and it was a galvanizing force in the Capitol riots, and he should own it. And you know what? Truly, he should never run again. The The Republican Party should never run him again. I know a bunch of the my conservative friends that I've talked to recently think that, you know, well, he's going to come back and... 2024 and he's going to do this he's going to do that look i understand what you like about him don't don't do it don't play this politics of personality and this into this cult of personality it's time to be principled not time to be a partisan don't do it just that simple and that doesn't mean, look, look, that doesn't mean, and I started the show off by saying this, that doesn't mean that all of the media's attacks against him are reasonable. The vast, vast, vast majority of them are entirely unreasonable. That no one is vindicated by this happening. This doesn't make you right. Mm. In, in fact, only the people that were calling things out based on standards and being reasonable as time progressed are the ones that get to say anything about this now. So why don't we get into that? Yeah, I yes. think that's a good move. Did, tr- did Trump raise the temperature? Absolutely. So did the media. And so did the Democratic Party. And so did Barack Obama. For years and years and years and years. This has they been made down building. payments for what happened today. Abs- oh, at the Capitol. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excuse me. You're all good. Because by the same way, you, it's easy to say, well, you're lying to your base. You're getting them to believe in wild conspiracy theories for years or, or, or for months and months after the election. What do you think was going to happen? All right. Well, now puts on other pair of pants, walks to other side of the room. You've dedicated entire sectors of the industry for six years to uh, even beyond that. Let's talk about for 12 years Hmm. Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. gaslighting these people, telling them they were evil for being reasonable, telling them that black was white and right was wrong and that they were racist because they were white. That they couldn't have certain beliefs if they were black that it was good to kill babies, but wrong to not give those babies puberty blockers. You gaslight people and lie to them long enough. What did you think was going to happen? Do you know anybody in the South? You think that they're going to turn on their TV every night and see Michelle Wolf on whatever her retarded show is? saying God bless abortion and marching yeah. around in a fake Uncle Sam costume with glitter and fanfare and cannon fire, do you think that they're going to listen to Trevor Noah disparage a country that made him that made him a celebrity overnight? Do you think that they're going to keep tuning in to the NFL and watching Colin Kaepernick, literally the luckiest orphan in on planet Earth, literally the luckiest orphan on planet Earth, talk about how the country that made him a millionaire 
is racist and that the reason that we don't like him is because of the color of his skin while we tune in week after week after week to watch a bunch of black guys play the game of football? Do you think that we're going to sit there and listen to that? Do you know anyone in the South? Do you know anyone from a red state? Do you think that they're going to sit there and hear that night after night after night, not just from their politicians, but from the sportscasters and from their friends? And by the way, from their job, you think that they're going to log on to Call of Duty and see we know that Black Lives Matter. Do you think that they're going to watch another commercial and see, oh, here's two lesbians kissing, and now that's something I've got to explain to my daughter. And you think you're going to do that for 12 years and expect nothing to happen? Grow up. That's insane to think that you can gaslight people like this. And while you make them have that conversation with their daughter, well, some people, this isn't what we believe and we don't like this, but the entire establishment presses in upon me. So now I have to have this conversation with you. We're going to do that for 12 years about everything, about every single thing. You could not let anything go. No, you have to bake the cake. We're going to take you to court three times to make you sure that you bake the cake. You can't just live and let live. We refuse to let you live and let live. For 12 years. What the hell did you think was going to happen? You can blame Trump as much as you want. And I do blame Trump. Because I blame people based on a set of standards. But you've got to be joking me if you think that the left is not responsible and was not, Hunter, I love the way you said it, making payments for what happened on Wednesday. If you, if you disagree with that, then you're doing the gaslighting. It's just that simple. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I can top that in any reasonable way. Um, well said i think i think all that is ten thousand percent true i think it's i it's why people like trump so much it's yeah. why it's why his met you this is wow it's why his message was effective on on when he was standing in front of the capitol saying they stole it from us you know it's it's why people connected with it and if you if you don't think it that's not true you're insane and yeah, there's really not a whole lot more to say there. Um, so where does that leave us? Well, in the past week, we've seen some terrible things happen. Trump got kicked off of basically all social media. His campaign got kicked off of payment platforms. Whatever. You can do what they want. Now Twitter's been purging users by the truckload. That's not great. AR15.com, which is just a gun forum, just got removed from GoDaddy.com. They're the main yeah. name service. Right. They're so, no longer hosting it. Yeah. So they're not even hosting it, Hunter. That's just the DNS, which, not mm. to get too nerdy here, but even if you owned your own bare metal server... If you get removed from your DNS, no one can find your page. Wow. Like, it is truly black holing somebody. Um, maybe they find another domain name, but not the same one. Because um, that's owned by a different, that's owned by GoDaddy. Um, 
Parlor. This, I mean, this is the most egregious thing. Parlor, which I have a Parlor account. I have exactly zero messages on it. Parlor got removed from the Apple App Store, from Google Play Store, and then from the internet completely in a matter right. of 24 hours. 48 right. if you include the Amazon hit. They were hosted on Amazon uh, Web Services. So for years, people have been saying, if you don't like Twitter, go make your own alternative. Then we do. It lasts for less than a year mm-hmm. before you ban that too. Right. Yeah, the internet. Conversation. Oh God. The internet's not even the internet anymore. Like the opinions you see are, they're not the people's opinions. They're the approved opinions. Correct. Um, Thinking to rebrand the show as the podcast that will get you fired was quite prescient uh, at the beginning of this year, Um, because no doubt that's exactly what I mean. Fired is almost too. It's almost humorous. And what we're seeing, um, I, I think the most people have a really bad heuristic on how the infrastructure for the internet works. Mm-hmm. And Chris and I have a unique perspective there because we worked uh, for a large company that did some of that. There, you'll never find us now. Um, <laughs> so, so, so you know it's. You get a you get a little peek behind the wall and how that all works, to say the least. And I I think the thing there that's like absolutely terrifying is it is irreplaceable, right? Yeah, yeah. If if ISPs are done, and there's and they're and they're no longer going to if we're we're kind of projecting here out into the future. If Comcast ever says, you know what, we're no longer going to host certain viewpoints and starts removing them that's it you don't you don't build a brand new internet after that like it well, just doesn't happen at least you not, can use satellites but or like a mesh network or something like that but it, it, there's no way to recreate the investment that we created at the you know in the early 90s and all of that would be governed so to speak by the government mm-hmm. and so even then you know it, there's no you know how in the world would that even work when people are like you know, th- there's there's every reasonable thing to to say that like, you know, well those are violent opinions by somebody standard in there, and we're not going to host it there. Um, so, and I think I think people hear this and they go, oh, so the private market doesn't do what you wanted to do. Ah, well, how are you going to get it to work? And it's like, no, I wasn't asking for regulation. I wasn't asking for people to treat me nicely. I wasn't asking for any of that. Right. I I believe in the culture of freedom of speech just as mm-hmm. much as i believe in the right itself and right. no service needs to give me the right to speak on its platform but american services i hope believe in that the power of that idea because mm-hmm. if they don't i don't know how they can be considered to be american countries except based on where they're located american companies yeah well right. hunter hunter to your point it's like do you actually think that if the entire culture turns its back on freedom of speech, that that the declaration is going to save you or the constitution is going to save you? It's not. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, then it becomes the tired old document that we don't need anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's not even, that's, that's not even getting away from the legal arguments against 
these platforms acting as publishers, which sure. is also what's happening. I mean, there's even a perfectly good legal argument for it. But the truth is, yeah, like this is about the culture. And some really scary stuff is happening right now. Um, who knows how the right comes back from this? We haven't seen the end of the fallout. Uh, no. Now that there's <laughs> Not by a, a long shot. Now that there's a, a, a completely democratic infrastructure, what comes next? I mean, free speech is definitely on the block right now, and they're carving away at the edges. What's next? Free freedom of association? What's well, similar to freedom of speech? Religion? Who knows what happens there? I doubt That's, th- we'll see that, this is no a, militarization this is a, there. This is a good question. Um, what What is the new federal democratic government's first agenda item, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in the wake of this. Um, because I think there's... And I don't know all the things that can be filibustered and what cannot be filibustered. So I don't know what, what exactly would be on the chopping block. Um, but I wonder I wonder what certain rights they would want to curtail. Um, the, the, the one silver lining to all that is the Supreme Court seems to be pretty rational. So mm-hmm. if anything was to happen, say, to like a core uh, American freedom or Bill of Rights, such as freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of association, freedom of press, whatever that is, and it actually got codified in law, there's some reason to believe that the members of the Supreme Court would see to it that that actually wouldn't become, would, would be deemed illegal, right? Yeah. And whenever a court case came to them. Um, Man, you got to hope it's yeah. not firearms. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because that, that, if it's firearms, then that, that actually means civil war. That's the end of the Republic, I think. Right. I, tr- right. I truly believe that's the end of the Republic. And mm-hmm. you know what? I don't blame anyone for thinking that way. I don't blame anyone who would say no. Uh, right. That's not what we agreed to. It's not what we signed up right. for. Right. Exactly. And, and I, I hope that I hope that that if that happens, then I hope we dissolve as peacefully as possible. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And to be to be frank with you too, um, one thing that I think is so, <sighs> I don't. I have a friend who who really loves the Civil War. I think he's saying that. Two percent of the population died during the Civil War. He's like, "That's like six million people today. Like, what if that happens again?" Is kind of his thought, right? Which is an insane amount of people to think through. Um, the one thing I think that continues to be proved to me is I don't think a civil war is possible again. And what I mean is, I don't think you're going to have Americans in the street fighting each other with tanks and rifles. Like, I just don't think that's going to happen. Or the government is going to, you know, the military is going to is going to break and the air there's going to be half the air force can see the other half of the air force. Like, I just don't, I don't think that can happen. What I think you might see is a lot more of what's going on in the streets in Portland and other places mm-hmm. where there is no solid front, but there are these guerrilla like factions that move in against each other in public space. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, I think you might see more of that vandalism, more of that writing. I mean, here's, you know, Good Lord, this is a thought. Um, Google's been identifying, I think, I think this is still true, like black-owned businesses specifically on the, on, in their Google Maps app. They were doing this as a part of um, 
you know, for Black Lives Matter when all that was going on, right? When those riots were and protests were taking place uh, to show their solidarity with that movement. I mean, you just painted a beautiful picture for right-wing extremists to attack those businesses, right? And, mm-hmm. like, you just gave them a map of the city of where to go. And I'm not trying to be funny about that. I'm just saying that's what that did. If you wanted to hurt, if you really bought into some crazy theories and some crazy thoughts and you really wanted it to stick it to the other side, you got your map. You've got your, you, uh, what am I thinking? You've got your scavenger hunt, right? And so like, um, I think we will can, you know, if who knows if that will actually take place or anything like that, but I think that's much, much more likely than a war. You yeah, see what just, I'm saying? You mean just more guerrilla fighting? More guerrilla fighting. More, we're going to, you know, it's election day and, you know, tw- uh, 10,000 of us are showing up with uh, with sticks and the other guys are showing up with sticks too and we're going to beat the tar out of each other in the streets. L- look, I think that's why we, first off, we hope that they just don't try and touch guns. And second off, right. we hope that if that happens, we can just dissolve peacefully. Like, just let Texas right. go. Just let the right. Carolinas go. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. Um, it's dark times. For sure, yeah, and yeah. we ha- we yeah. haven't st- we haven't started seeing the end of that yet. I don't think. I think they're going to keep pushing, and you know, p- things like carpooling, we might lose our hosting. We're definitely not first on the block, but we're definitely you know of the unapproved category. But here's the here's the bottom line: you go back and listen to our first episode. Carpooling was made for times like this, and because back a couple years ago. We had a hope, a hope that if enough people started telling the truth, mm-hmm. that it wouldn't be too late. And I think we were wrong. What does that mean? Does that mean you abandon your principles? No. Not at all. Quite the opposite, actually. You cling to them harder. Uh, right. Exactly right. You cling on to the stuff that doesn't change. America... It's a beautiful collection of ideas. It's also a collection of people that only a subset of them hold those ideas. And when you watch something that is beautiful change into something that is unprincipled, something that you don't recognize, then who knows what happens next. But I'll tell you this. Uh, I don't love America because it's America. I love America because what it stands for or what it stood for. And... America was built on principles very similar to those that I base my own life on. And you should base your life on them too. I'm telling you that because it works. Um, but it can change. America's not forever. The, the corporate body America isn't forever. This podcast isn't forever. Uh, those principles are eternal. Those principles will last forever. The principles that... You should be free to speak your mind, that you should be free to seek the truth in whatever way that you see fit, and that you should you should be the owner of whatever you create. The work of your hands should be to your own benefit. Those principles will never go away. And so now when things look dark, you cling on to them harder, and you don't give up. And you know, I've been thinking a lot about Andrew Breitbart this week and he would always say that you have to be a happy warrior Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i think until this week i understood half 
of that sentiment. Yeah, of course you got to be a warrior. You've got to fight tyrants when you see tyrants, whether they exist in the political sphere or in the social sphere, wherever you find them. You Mm -hmm. have to resist tyranny. You have to resist people that would say that the freedom that beats in men's breasts must be suppressed. But you got to be happy. Mm-hmm. There's a reason it's important to be a happy warrior. Mm. And that's because the fight is real and the fight is dark and it's nasty. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty right now, but you don't find joy in winning. Mm. If you do, you're only joyful. Well, you're not joyful at all this year, man. Mm. You know, so. Where do you find your joy? And I think that the place that you find your joy is in the things that are eternal. For me, that's God and guns and beer. I'm just kidding. Okay. It's God and liberty and the truth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Things that God gave us, by the way. Things that very wise men built this country on. And that's what gives you joy. And that's why, uh, for as long as we're still here, I'm choosing to be a warrior and I'm choosing to be happy and you should, man, I love that. I love that. Christopher, I'll I'll say the person who's been thumbing in my mind this week is Dostoevsky. Um, and, and I, you know, um, not who knows what, what everybody knows about him, but his early life, you know, he lived in a, um, he was a, a communist, uh, sympathizer and was trying to bring that about in Russia. Right. And he gets captured with, with some of his friends who were a part of that ring and they line them all up against the wall. They blindfold every single one of them. Right. And they fire blanks at them. Right. (laughs) And from that moment on, all of them, you know, pissing themselves scared. Right. And everything like that. I don't know if that's when Dostoevsky had his first seizure or not, but that event was so traumatic in his life that he had seizures from then on out. Hmm. Also, from that moment, he was taken to Siberia, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, essentially the gulags for all intents and purposes, right? And he was so ecstatic that he hadn't been killed in that moment that he literally went around his cell singing just praises the entire time. And that (laughs) moment changed the way he saw everything, you know? And I think you see that same sentiment, that happy warrior going through his entire life past that moment. And I think that's such a beautiful picture of what it means to live. And even as a political dissident, you know, if so, if your culture should change that around you, um, I've got a few verses from Ecclesiastes that I think are timely and I'm not going to read them in order of the chapter, but I'm going to read them because I think they're just, well, they'll just speak for themselves here. And like I said, this is in, this is chapter seven, couple of verses, not in order, a little skipping around, but here it goes. Surely oppression drives the wise into madness and a bribe corrupts the heart. Better is the end of a thing than its beginning and the patient and spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the heart of fools. Say not, 
why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. Do not take to heart all the things that people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. Your heart knows that many times yourself have cursed others. Let that be a little bit of wisdom to our political environment and what you may have seen in the past couple of weeks and years and decades Right at this point. Man, how can you end it better than that? You know, that's who knows how long this lasts. Maybe things get better tomorrow. Certainly a dark time right now. We're going to be happy warriors. Hmm. And we need more of them. I, we said it last week's episode, and it's even more true this week. Is it's time to do battle, not violence. But it's time to be informed. Just like we said on our first show, it's time to be informed, to be well-read, to know what's happening around you, and to pay attention. Because that's the battle, that's the environment that we fight this battle in. It's in the Mm -hmm. battle of ideas, in the battle of the culture, in the battle of information. And the arsenal that we thought we were fighting is a lot more fierce this Wednesday than it was last Tuesday. So be a warrior, be happy, go with joy, and find your joy based on eternal principles. Mm. And Carl Pilling will be doing it for as long as as long as Squarespace will have us. So That's right. Anyhow. Keep us small. Keep us small <laughs> so we can be nimble. Yeah, exactly. We have to yeah. be agile. No, tell everyone that you know. Uh, are you kidding yeah. me? Did you hear that episode? Wow. <laughs> Uh, not only was it beautiful, but every part of it was so true. Um, yeah, I liked how true it was, and a lot of and and sexy in its way. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you could yeah. put on Kenny G, but you could also put on that episode of Carl Pooling where they talk about the Capitol riots. Ooh, baby. Give me out. Anyway, that's the episode this week. No ad read. Uh, thanks for listening. We're at Carl Pooling on all the socials for now. I'm at Chris X Carl on all the socials for now. Hunter's at Emotional Carl on all the socials for now. Yes. You can email us at carlpooling at gmail.com for now. And our website is carlpooling.com where you can find links to all of our episodes anywhere that you can uh, subscribe to the show for now. Rate us on iTunes for now. For now. And uh, what did I miss? Um, I think that about wraps it up, man. There's a Facebook page for now, uh, Carl Pulling Show, <laughs> Carl so. Pulling Podcasts on Facebook. Yeah, and if it for if now. anything ever gets taken down, we'll just add the next numerical number. Uh, so at, at Carl Pulling One, at Carl Pulling Two, you get the idea. You'll be able to find us. Yeah, so it, don't worry about it. Also, tr- just try searching Carl Pulling One for now because I might start appending that to the end of it <laughs> as my own subtle protest. All right, there well, uh, get out of here. Go into that good night, but do not go quietly. Go truly peacefully and go mm. with some, some dedication and decisiveness of spirit. Be happy. Be a warrior. Be peaceful. Thanks for listening get tested.